If you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to turn with me to Ephesians, the sixth chapter. Here we begin to uh, pull apart this final chapter of the book of Ephesians. And we've been taking our time unpacking some gospel truths that will help us in our walk, uh, this Christian walk that we find ourselves journeying alone. Uh, so, you know, we've spent several Sundays talking about God's plan for marriage because here's what I know and here's what I believe as we get into this sixth chapter and we move from the family relationship of the husband and wife we get into the family relationship of the parent and the child right and we get into the the family relationship uh, of worker and employee we're going to talk about those things but Today, we're going to focus on the parent-child relationship because it is a critically important relationship. It is critical to the wholeness and the healthiness of the family unit. Can I get a witness up in there? So we, as we look at Ephesians 6 chapter, uh, we'll uh, read verses uh, 1 through 4 real quickly. Ephesians chapter 6, and we'll read verses 1 through 4, and we'll jump into our text. Amen. I'm excited about being a member of this church. I'm excited about shepherding this body. I've said it before and I said it again, this is not a perfect church, but I believe it's one of the best churches on this side of heaven. I believe that. And we've, we've, we've had valley experiences. We've been through some things, but God has, has brought us to this point. And I'm telling you, I know, I'm not, I'm not guessing, I know I don't have another 30 years to do this. So whether it's 10 more or 15, I don't know, but I'm going to do it with everything I got on the inside of me. And if you ain't ready to run, you better get on the sideline, baby, because we're going to, this game is getting ready to get jumped off. Can I get a witness? We're going to keep moving. We're going to share the love of Christ with this community that we're involved in, and we're going to let God do what only he can do. And he's the one who transforms lives. Okay. Watch the text here. Are y'all ready? Can we read together? Ephesians 6 chapter verses 1 through 4. Let's read together. Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will have life on the earth. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. Now, again, we talked about family relationship. We talked about the husband and wife, which is God's plan for marriage. We know that God's plan for marriage, God uses marriage to give the world a tangible picture of how Christ connects with the church, right? Something you can see visibly. Uh, When the Bible uses the word family, I need you to hear this. It refers not just to parents and children, but to an entire extended family over three to four generations. That means your family in the biblical sense, everybody say biblical sense. Your family in the biblical sense includes your brothers, your sisters, your uncles, your aunties, your grandparents, your great grandparents, your great uncles and aunts, and and, and all those folks. All your people. Everybody say my people. And and it, it, it goes back three and four generations. The blessings, hear me carefully, the blessings and the sins of this extended family over generations, I need you to hear this, can profoundly affect and profoundly impact 
who we are today. Are y'all listening to me today? Those of y'all who went through emotionally healthy spirituality and emotionally healthy relationship should have, should have did what we called a genogram. And in that genogram, we began to list out ancestral history and, and began to identify some common traits that we could observe in, in folks who came before us. Our parents, our grandparents, great grandparents, aunts, uncles. And it is uncanny how you see similarities uh, in your life it, 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 that, that mirrors what you saw in your mama and your mom and your grandmama and your granddad and on down the line. OK, because what we discover is, is those that we look at uh, our life, the, those things that happened before are impacting us today. Now, <laughs> a guy once said, he says, he says, Jesus may be in your heart, but grandpa is in your bones. <laughs> I kind of like that. Jesus may, but grandpa is in your bones. There's a reason why people say you act just like. Yeah, you act just like. And, and guys, listen, there's good things and there's bad things. But what I want you to understand is, is that if we're going to be really free in Christ, if we're going to really be who God made us to be, we do have to acknowledge that there is some stuff in our families of origin that affect how we do life today. Even when we don't recognize it. And a lot of us, including myself, uh, 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 until about seven, eight years ago, maybe 10 years ago, I didn't begin to realize that, 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 that my family of origin impacted the way I do things. Some good, some not so good. And those things are not so good. I got to learn how to let the blood of Christ, the, the power of the Holy Spirit to come in and disrupt that stuff that's not good in my life. Can I get a witness? Now, hear me carefully. In order to respond to God's invitation and receive God's promise. Y'all remember the, the guy Abraham? Y'all remember Abraham in the Bible? Yes, Abraham had to leave his family behind. God says, I need, I got an assignment for you. Your assignment is, 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 is paramount to the existence of mankind. Your assignment is, 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 so, is so magnificent that you can't do it without me helping you to do it. And you can't do it holding on and trusting your family. I got to get you away from your family so I can deal with your heart so I can prepare you to be the father of many nationalities. Can I get a witness up in here? And so sometimes, here's what I'll tell you. Sometimes God got to remove you from that which you are familiar with because you've been trusting in that which you are familiar with. And God says, I got to get you to trust me. Are y'all listening to me today? I got to get you to begin to lean and depend on me. There was a song that they used to sing. I learned how to lean and depend on Jesus. He's my friend and he's my Lord have mercy. Learn how to lean and depend on Jesus. Because I found out if I trust him, he will provide. Now, I don't know about anybody else up in here, but that's one thing I've learned in my life is how to lean on Jesus. I've learned how to trust him. And I'm telling you, doggone it, he is providing. But now if this church, come on, everybody say this church. If this church that God has called you to say, call me to. 
is going to be able to accomplish the things that God has set our hand to accomplish to be the bridge that connects all ethnicities together. It's going to take a supernatural Holy Ghost filled mindset to do that in this culture that we live in. But listen, listen to me carefully. The God I serve is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think. So I don't want to hear what you can't do. I want you to know that the God I serve says that all things are possible. Hold my music today, y'all. All things are possible to him that believe. And so God is going to do an awesome work in our life today. God is going to do an awesome work in this church, but it's going to take all of us, amen, depending on the power of the Holy Spirit to move like only he can move. There are some things that God's going to do in this ministry that, that's going to blow your mind. I like that, that song that uh, Mike Jr., Pastor Mike Jr. says it's called Big. God's going to do something that's going to blow your mind. Those things that, that you couldn't even imagine in your own little pea brain way of thinking. But the Holy Spirit steps in and begins to make kingdom impact. Listen to this real quickly. Kathy Weingarten, a professor at Harvard Medical School, has done extensive research on how the traumatic experiences of one generation are passed to those in the next generation. She studied, for example, Holocaust survivors and their families, survivors of terrorist attacks and children of parents with post-traumatic stress disorder. And listen to what she writes. What is past is not the trauma itself, but its impact. Can I say it again? What is past is not the trauma itself, but its impact. Let's keep listening. She says, silence is a key mechanism by which trauma in one generation is communicated to the next. We are accustomed to think of silence as an absence of sound, but in functions and families, in much more complex and confusing ways, silence, that's what silence, it says silence, but it functions in families in much more complex and confusing ways other than just the absence of, of sound. She says silence can communicate a wealth of meaning. It is it is its own map. It says, silence says, don't go there. Don't say that. Don't touch. Too much that. Too little that. This hurts. This doesn't. Silence co-occurs with numbers of other phenomena, she said. She said, shame, a painful effect in which one feels exposed as fundamentally deficient in some vital way as a human being, is one of them. How many of y'all got family shame? Don't worry, I know all of us have to certain things. You got some things in your family that you don't want anybody to know about. And when you would go to school, you wouldn't dare talk about those things, those shameful things that are taking place in your family of origin. But the fact of the matter is those things affected and impacted how you did life. Are you with me today? It, it, it impacts you. And, and if we don't recognize that and begin to deal with that, we're going to find ourselves uh, in a position where God can't use us like he wants to use us because we hadn't gotten free from these things. Scripture teaches us that we can unlearn negative patterns that were passed on to us over generations. Everybody say, I can unlearn some stuff. How many of y'all got some stuff you need to unlearn? Uh, every hand here ought to grow up. because no. Let, let, let me bust your prideful bubble. No family in this earth is a perfect family. 
All right, so, so let's all get on the same page. So get your little snooty look off your face. Because no matter how good you say mom and daddy was and grandparents and all those and siblings and uh, there was some dysfunctionality in every family on this earth, including mine. Right? You know your sister crazy. <laughs> I, mean, I don't mean literally, but you know, you act. You, 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 come on. That, 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 that uncle that nobody wants to come to the family reunion, but you got there mama's brother. You really don't want him there, but you know, you can't, it's just not even kosher not to bring it, but he, he's, he just, he's, he disrupts everything. So all of us got that kind of stuff going on. But what I want to tell you is that God says, even in the midst of all that, he's able to change us. He's able to free us. Amen. And by God's grace and power, we can learn healthier ways to do life in the new family of Jesus. Even though our family of origin is dysfunctional, we're in a new family now. We are children of God, Brenda. And because we are children of God, then God is able to do some things in us that even our natural bent we couldn't do. Whom the Son sets free is what? Free it's free indeed. Now, now, now let's, let's, let's kind of start to unpack here a little bit. So I need you to know that God loves you. And no matter who you are, what you've been through, where you are right now doesn't have to be the end of your story. Somebody needs to hear that God wants to use you. God wants to do some supernatural things in and through your life. And he can. I don't care who told you what you can't do. Listen, don't listen to that mess. Amen. You serve a God who's able to do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens you. So what's our key thought as we get into this thing? Well, key thought. God put parents in our lives to guide and to nurture us. Everybody say, nurture me, parent. And he put them in there to lead us into an understanding of and a relationship with him. See, your greatest journey, your greatest assignment as a parent is to lead your child to the point to where they understand who Jesus is and they can consciously make a decision to invite him into their heart to save him. You can't make him get saved, but you ought to set the atmosphere of your home. You should be training and developing them to the point to where they know about the God you serve because they see you praying. They know about the God you serve because they hear you talking instead of cussing. They hear you talking about what God has done in your family's life. See, many of us have, many of us, many of us a, a little, 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 little shaky, a little sketchy sometimes because we come into church and we go, hallelujah. And then we go home, we talk like we are demon. And your children are watching that. And you are confusing them. You are causing them to be dysfunctional because they say, your, your daddy be doing this at church and daddy be, be all friendly and, and hugging everybody and, and dapping them up and, and talking about God is good all the time. And he's the meanest somebody on this side of earth at home. I said, what's up with that? See, what I want to tell you is that God is watching us. And this critical role in the family, we as parents got to get this thing right. I don't care how, how many times you messed up. Let's start the day getting it right. If it means pick up the phone and, and apologize to your child because you know you did something. that you, you, Listen, you did the best you could with the knowledge that you had. But now you got some greater information. Now you know how you're supposed to do it. 
if you've been listening to me. Now, now listen, hear me carefully. Parents, you have a tremendous influence of your child's life, even your adult children. Now, all of my children are adults now. That's my baby right there, my, 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 my big girl right there who just prayed fire down from heaven a while ago. I was in the corner shaking over there, girl. So she's a, she's a nurse. Uh, the one the up here jumping like a little bunny rabbit. <laughs> Leading the song prayer. That's, that's the middle one. Uh, she, she's coaching volleyball and teaching. And my, my youngest one, guys, he called me on the 20 and said, Daddy, I got my first big boy check. <laughs> he got his first check, Danny. And you know what I said? Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I just got a raise. <laughs> so so we're, we're, we're called to rhythm. We're called to take them into adulthood. But I would suffice to say that I would not have done my job as a parent. We would not have done our job as a parent if we didn't lead them to the point to where they can make a conscious decision to invite Christ in their heart to save them. I can't make them get saved. I can't make them do what you can't make them do it. And it wasn't your job to make them do it. Our job is to train, to teach and to model. So I'm proud of all of them. Amen? Did I have trouble with them? Yes. Did they lie? Yes. Did yours lie? Yes. And you think they didn't? You deceived. (laughs) Did we have challenges with them? Yes. But I say all in all, we got some good children. They ain't perfect, just like none of us are perfect, right? You messed up. Now, now, how is it that when you get grown, your revisionist history is right? I'm telling you, all of us better thank God for his mercy and his grace. So parents, we have tremendous influence over our children's lives. However, in the process of being parented, negative things sometimes happen to us. As children, and unless these issues are resolved properly, they follow us into adulthood. They follow us into marriage. Are you listening to me today? Children are one of the greatest gifts in life, and raising children is also one of the greatest responsibilities and perhaps our greatest challenge. Can I get a witness? Parenting is a full-time job, y'all. You can't do it part-time. It requires effort on every level, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and financially. Even though it's hard work, there's great joy in seeing our children grow up and become God-loving Christians who consistently walk in the ways of God and have kingdom impact in their homes, schools, jobs, and their community at large. When we see them reflecting their faith and leading others into a personal relationship with the Savior Jesus Christ, it gives us great joy. Now, now, now watch this. I want y'all to go, go with me to Exodus, the 34th chapter. Exodus 34, and we're going to start at verse number one. Talk about parents, past and present. Because all of us, to a certain degree, have to overcome some iniquities in our families of origin. And if this parent-child relationship is going to flourish, even if your children are grown now, cultivating the right relationship with them, even in adulthood, is very important. Because you still have influence. Okay. To a certain degree, you have influence, but at, at, at the point in time they become adults and out of your house 
and are independent from you, they're not under obligation to obey you. Let me say it again for all the helicopter mamas out there. <laughs> and all the daddies who are hovering over, running everything. Once they're home and are independent from you financially and physically, they don't have to obey you. I need you and your wife to come over here for Thanksgiving. Well, no, mom, we, you know, we had plans. We came there last Thanksgiving, remember, and we said we were going to his parents. This, I don't care. I want all my children here. Well, mama, no, 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 mama, I, I, I love you, but, but we're not going to do that, mama. Then mama starts to try to manipulate. My heart been hurting. And I don't know if I'm going to make it next Thanksgiving. You know, y'all, some of y'all parents can be something else. You old, but you something else. You know how to manipulate. And if that if that son or that daughter has not cut that umbilical card, y'all will find yourself over there for the second year. The Roka Mama said, "How hard is hurting? She don't know if she's gonna make it the next year." Yeah, you gonna make it. Your doctor will say everything all right with you. <laughs> all right. Now watch, watch, watch this. Talk about overcoming iniquity. Everything we say and do affects our children and our grandchildren to the fourth generation. Watch what the Bible says. Exodus 34, verse number one. Y'all there? Let's read together. Ready? Read. I go verse one. I will write on them the same words that were on the tablets you smashed. Be ready in the morning. Back up. Moses smashed them because the folks were acting a fool. He had delivered them out of Egypt. And, and, and God, they saw the hand of God, but, but people, when, you, when Moses left, they went in a different direction. Some people only act right when the pastor's around. And some, some of y'all don't even care if the pastor's around now. But when Moses went away to commune with God, they started making God, you know, golden calves and all this stuff. And it just, it's frustrated Moses and it's frustrated God. But watch this, be ready in the morning to climb up Mount Sinai. And present yourself to me on what? On the top of the mountain. No one else may come with you. In fact, no one else is to appear anywhere on the mountain. Do not even let the flocks or herds graze near the mountain. So Moses chiseled out two tablets of stone, like the first one, the one he threw down and broke. Early in the morning, he climbed Mount Sinai as the Lord had commanded him, and he carried the two stone tablets in his hands. Let's read verse 5. And the Lord came down in a cloud and stood there with him. And he called out his own name, Yahweh. The Lord passed in front of Moses, calling out, Yahweh, the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy. I am slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. Watch this. I lavish unfailing love to a what? Thousand generations. I forgive iniquity, rebellion, and sin. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Right? But I do not excuse the guilty. Back up. He says, well, I forgive iniquity, rebellion, and sin, but I do not excuse the guilty. I laid the sins of the parents upon their children and grandchildren. The entire family is affected. Even children in the third and fourth generation. Now, let me say something right quick. You know, uh, because of sin, uh, we have 
disruption in the family unit sometimes. Um, because of sin, we have divorce in the earth realm. And, and sometimes divorce is, is righteously done. All right? Now, and if you're divorced, please don't take this uh, uh, in, in a negative way. I'm just, I'm just trying to get you to understand something. Even though you think it's between you and your husband and, and you and your wife, and you think that the children are not really affected, they are. Okay? It, it, it affects them when that takes place. Okay? Uh, it, it, it affects them uh, in, in ways that may not even manifest themselves until they are into adulthood. Now, again, when, when we, if we got divorced for a righteous reason or unrighteous reason, hear me carefully, God forgives sin. And don't let the devil or anybody else hold it over your head and telling you that you can't be in connection with God. Did y'all hear me today? God forgives, amen, and I thank God for that. The Bible said he cast our sins, Jeff, as far as the east is from the west. That means he doesn't remember them anymore. All right? But the reality is, is that the actions of the parents, whether we realize or not, affect the children. If I'm a gambler and I go and gamble up the rent money and we moving every six months because we can't pay our rent because I'm gambling my money away, that's affecting my children. Or whatever negative habit or trait we may have, it affects our children. So, so, so there's some, 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 some deliverance that has to take place. But, but those, things, those things that we do and we get involved in, they affect them, but it can affect our grandchildren and great-grandchildren. Because the Bible says here, but I do not excuse the guilty. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children and grandchildren. The entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generations. Now, again, the Hebrew word for iniquities is avon, A-V-O-N, which means a sin or a problem created in you because of the same issue being modeled in your parents' life. I need y'all to see that, okay? The Hebrew word for iniquities is avon, which means a sin or a problem created in you because of the same issue being modeled in your parents' life. Are y'all track with me today? No, just like a tree that's constantly blown by the wind becomes bent in the direction it is blown, so are our children bent in the direction they witness over and over in their parents' behaviors. Okay? Y'all track with me. Now, this ain't a parent bashing session, but I, I need you to understand something. We got we to gotta let the Holy Spirit enter our space and deal with us so that we can begin to model, amen, true godly behavior in front of our children. Because the stuff that we did in a sinful way is having impact in their lives even today. Even into adulthood, they don't know how to handle money because you messed up money all the time. Never taught them what it meant to have a budget. Never taught them what it meant to pay people on time. Hello? You didn't read that scripture where it says the wicked borrow and don't repay. Are y'all listening to me today? So, 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 so our children catch things from us by observation. Listen to me very carefully. Everything we say and do affects our children and their offspring for generations at a time. 
That's what the Bible says. So what are some examples of iniquities that, that uh, many of us have to overcome? Well, anger. There are some people today who are who just angry. They're mad because their mama and daddy were angry and mad people. So I always walk around like this, like they smell something. The joy of the Lord is supposed to be our strength, but you are a mean Christian. You're always angry. Man, I'm telling you, I, I, I just, come on, I just refuse to live life going around angry and mad all the time. Because God has been too good to me, saved me, delivered me, he set me free. So I'm going to, the joy of the Lord is going to be my strength. So, so but, but those are some iniquities. Uh, anger, substance abuse. Chauvinism, sexism, racism, physical abuse, verbal abuse, sexual abuse, bigotry, immorality, negativity, perfectionism, conditioned love, pride, unforgiveness, gossip, on down the line. Those are iniquities that will be passed on to our children if we don't get our act together. Are y'all listening to me today? So how, 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 do, how do we break these family iniquities? Well, let's look at it right quick. How do we break it? Because, again, all of us have them, right? Right? All of us got some iniquities, whether we want to admit it. I know you sitting there saying, I am not, I, I, it, it, I'm not going to say anything about my mama because my mama is here right now. I, I cherish, I honor my mama. Yeah, you do. But there's some iniquities that have been passed on to you. Some stuff that you got to deal with, you don't even recognize it's, it's impacting and infecting you. Well, well so how, how do we break these family iniquities? Because if they're passed on the generation, we got to figure out a way to break them, right? Number one, we need to recognize, stop, stop, stop pretending like it's not there. Maybe you haven't really did any deep thinking in this area before. I'm challenging you to start looking at the family history. Because all of us, if we're not careful, we'll be that person who, when I was growing up and going to school, we walked nine miles in the snow to school. No, you didn't. Revisionist history. When I was playing ball, we never did drink water. We didn't get tired. We played all four quarters. Didn't didn't leave the field. Revisionist history. My point is, there are some things that were happening in our family that was not healthy. And some because people didn't know any better. And some, in a lot of cases, they were modeling what they had experienced when they were children. They were modeling and they were, they were trying to, they were ineffectively dealing with the trauma that they faced as a young child. And so they didn't, they didn't know how to deal with it, so they, 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 they traumatized you. So we got to make sure we get this thing right, okay? So number one, recognize the problem, call it what it is, it's sin. Those iniquities are sins, okay? Number two, take responsibility for your behavior. Don't blame your parents. When I sin, it's me sinning. Not my brother, not my sister, but it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer because I sin. Not my mama, not my daddy. I didn't do, I didn't do that because of them. I did it because sin was on the inside of me. So, so take responsibility for your behavior. Don't blame your parents. Number three, forgive your parents. Forgive your parents whether they are alive or dead. If you have to, go to the graveyard and say, Mama, 
Mama, you know, you did some stuff that really I've learned through my study. And Pastor Adam's been teaching us about family and how a husband and wife should do. And Mama, some of the stuff you did was just, I mean, you should have been in jail, Mama. You, you can talk to her like that. She, she, it ain't going to hurt her. <laughs> it, it's not going to hurt her, but it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to release you. It's going to get you free. Mama, 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 mama. <laughs> mama, I love you. But and I, I want you to know, mama, I recognize that you did that because of some of the stuff that you went through. You didn't get the teaching that I got, that I'm getting now. So I'm coming now, mama, because I love you. And I want you to know I forgive you for how you raised us. And I, 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 I thank God that I'm, that I'm free, that, that now the blood of Jesus has, has, has washed me and I can understand why you did some of the things you did. It wasn't right, but I forgive you, mama. Daddy, I forgive you. You were never there for us. But you know what? I forgive you. And so those type things help to release us who are learning and who are growing. Can I get a witness? So, so forgive your parents, whether they're alive or dead. Number four, make Jesus the Lord over that area in your life. Everybody say, make Jesus Lord over that area in my life. So that's how we're going to break those family iniquities. So how do we overcome these inner vows? What is it? What's the inner vow? Next thing, inner vow. A lot of us make these inner vows. An inner vow is a self-directed promise resulting from difficulty or pain. Many inner vows happen in childhood, but they can happen at any age. In other words, what's in the, you say stuff like, I will never treat my children like that. Or I'll, no one else is ever going to hurt me again. That's why sometimes people don't do relationships well going forward after they've been through a traumatic relationship because they, they come to the, the new relationship not having been released from the, drop, the dr- trauma and the drama of the previous relationship. Hadn't allowed the Lord to heal them. So now you come into this new space with that old stuff still there. You brought some of the old into the new. And so you don't position yourself to adequately be able to have a healthy, God-honoring relationship, marriage, uh, with your children and whatever, because you did, never did deal with it. So you have these inner vows that you say, I'll never do this. I'll never trust another man again. Wife stepped out on the husband and cheated on him. He says, I'll never trust a woman again. So, so tell me how you're going to, how, how's this new marriage going to work and you don't trust anybody? Marriage without trust is a miserable thing. And sometimes in the course, in the confines of the marriage, a husband and wife can do things. I'm not just talking about cheating either when it, when it comes to with another individual, but sometimes we don't have our responsibilities right. We mess the money up. We don't, we don't properly rear the children. So you don't trust that the husband is going to do the right thing. Even though now he's in a position, he's, he's went through the authentic manhood class. Now he understands what an authentic man is. And now he's learning, he's growing but you're still in the back of your mind saying, listen, I've done this three times. And, and every time I've been married before or one time, every time I've been married before, the husband did this. So I ain't really trusting nobody. And it, what it does, it, it short circuits your ability to have a God honoring relationship. Are y'all still with me today? So in a vow, you can, you can fill in the blanks. I'll never, whatever that never is. or I'll always keep a little something in my back pocket and I ain't going to tell my spouse about it. 
Because the last time, see, now we got these intimate. See, the, the problem with inner vows is that they are unscriptural. Go to Matthew, the fifth chapter. Matthew, Matthew chapter 5, verse 33 through 37. Matthew 5. Are y'all still tracking with me today? I, I feel like you're listening to me. I hope you are. And I, I feel like some of y'all are thinking about some iniquities that you need to deal with. I'm hoping you're thinking about some inner vows that you've made and you, you begin to think about now that you know what it is. You didn't call it that. You didn't call it an inner vow. You just you said, I ain't doing it no more. So as a result, you end up not being able to fully love the way God designed you to fully love. Okay, I want to set you free today. I I want you. Listen, I want you to know that I don't care who you are, what you've done. God is here to set you free because whom the son sets free is what free. Indeed, you can be free from these 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 iniquities that have haunted you all your adult life. You can be free from these inner vows that you made that called you not to be very relational. Watch the text here. Who's talking here? I think it's Jesus, right? How do you know? It's in the red. You have also heard that our ancestors were told you must not break your vows. You must carry out the vows you made that you make to the Lord. But I say, do not make any vows. Do not say by heaven, because heaven is God's throne. And do not say by the earth, because the earth is his footstool. And do not say by Jerusalem, for Jerusalem is the city of the great king. Watch this. Do not even say by my head, for you can't turn one hair white or black, can you? Unless you died. And that ain't really too, you're not really truly turning your hair. Okay, all right. Forget it. Forget it. Forget it. All the women looking at me like, move on, move on, pastor, move on. Just say a simple, yes, I will, no, I won't. Anything beyond this is from the evil one. So we find ourselves making these vows and, 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 and many times we don't even keep them. Then our word is out there and then now we look in God and we, he says don't make them. Go to James, the fourth chapter right quick. So making these vows, I swear before God. Why are you going to swear before God? How many of y'all when you were growing up you say, I swear before God? And, and uh, usually when somebody said that it was we're supposed to believe them, right? Because back in the day, you wouldn't dare swear before God. Yeah, some of them were lying then, wasn't it? Watch this, James four thirteen. Look here, you who say today or tomorrow we're going to a certain town and we'll stay there a year, we will do business there and make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, then it's, like a vapor. Watch this. When you, what you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or do that. Right? Keep reading. Watch this. Otherwise, you are boasting about your own pretentious plans and all such boasting is evil. Verse 17. Watch this. Remember, it is a sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. Let's read that out loud on purpose together. Everybody let's go. One, two, three. Ready to read. Remember, it is a sin to know what you ought to do 
So when you're a part of a teaching ministry that tells you, husband, that you should love your wife like Christ or the church, there's no excuse for you. A wife, when it tells you to reverence and respect your husband, submit his authority, you don't have an excuse because now you know what the Bible says. And when you don't do what the word, the revealed word of God says, then now you are in what? Sin. Remember, it is a sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. So when you vow something, it's not of God. Third thing, inner vows prevent learning and growth and cause extremes. When you have those inner vows, some of y'all don't receive the teaching here because you got an inner vow because of some past history, some traumatic thing in your past that took place. And so now when we word to God, you, you resist God because you said, I will not do this. I will never have my mother-in-law back over to my house again. Because the last time she was over there, she, she said some things that were really ugly to me, hurt my feelings, and, and I'm not going to ever cook for her again. Told me my, my greens were bitter. <laughs> they probably were. <laughs> but instead of getting mad, you should say, well, mother... How, how, how do I get that bitterness out? Are greens bitter? Can it be bitter? Okay. All right. All right. All right. So y'all, y'all help me a little bit. I, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm, not a, I'm not a connoisseur of, of cooking. Uh, Maria allowed me to cut the vegetables up the other day. The bell peppers. And, and seasoning matters in food. Y'all know that? Stop cooking this bland stuff. I like seasoned food. All right. So, so, so now, but, but now you got this, this, this issue because she hurts your feelings. And you got this inner vow, and then now the inner vow is calling you not to honor and respect her like the Bible says. All right? Inner vows are become, uh, again, they, they prevent learning and growth and cause extremes. Inner vows are our highest loyalty now. They can cause us to resist God or others. You know what the Bible says about uh, Jew and Gentile coming together in one body, but you're still resisting that. I'm telling you what the Bible says. I'm telling you what the, what the gospel, the core of the gospel is that the blood of Christ brings all together regardless of ethnicity, but you fighting it. You got your own inner way of thinking that's sitting there resisting God's word and you don't have the, 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 the physical natural gumption to realize that you're in rebellion against God. Oh, no, you're sitting there nice and pretty. And, and on the outside, you look like you, you're going along with everything. But on the inside, you got some stuff in there that needs to be dealt with. And Doyle or Adam singing has been called to deal with your stuff. And I'm taking my calling seriously. Until the Lord calls me home, I'm going to preach it to the sin runs out of you. I'm just going to tell you what the word of God says. Oh, brother pastor, why do you talk that way? Because sometimes we need to hear it this way. Some of this nice shit, I don't know, stop little Johnny, stop little Johnny. Don't go over there, Dennis, you're going to get time out now. Okay, look, now jump, set your tail down right now. <laughs> if you move again, it's going to be me and you. Some of y'all just kill me. Y'all kill me with some of y'all, come on. So sometimes, sometimes you pastor, you, you, hey, y'all know I love you. I ain't going nowhere, and hopefully you ain't going nowhere. I know you talked about it, but that's cool. I still love you. See, 
when you know you're on assignment from God, you don't let the little nuances in the relationship cause you to be taken aback. I, I don't let the nuances in Maria and I's relationship cause me to say, I want to leave her. Do I get mad at her? Yes. Does she get mad at me? Absolutely. <laughs> she said that too quick, Doris. Amen. <laughs> but she does. But those little nuances, <laughs> Anthony, they don't, cause, they don't cause me to say I'm disconnected from the relationship. And if you have a true pastoral member relationship and you know the harder, if we got relationship equity that's been built up because you know that I got your best interest at heart, even if you don't like what I say, you'll take, you'll go back and investigate in the scripture. And if you really God honoring, if you're really pursuing God, when you see it in the word, you're going to say, listen, I don't care how I feel. I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to do what the word of God says do until my feelings catch up to my obedience. Okay. So, 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 so inner vows are our highest lords. They, they can cause us to resist God and cause us to resist others. Inner vows make us look crazy and unteachable if you, if you really want the truth about it. A little crazy and unteachable. You can't be taught something because you have that inner vow saying, I've said I never will. This happened to me when I was on the last job and I said that the next job, I ain't going to let nobody... Well, the person you're working with now is not the person in the last job. Why are you treating me like your last pastor? Have I done that to you? Have I done something to you? And if I have, come talk to me. I discovered most people don't come talk because they don't have a theological or doctrinal foundation to stand on. It's they, I just feel. Well, let's go. Let's see what God's word says about that. Because I, I don't think I've told you anything that's not in the word. I crack it open. I try to do the exegesis for you so you can look at who's writing, who's he writing to, what is he dealing with, and so we can bring it forward to 2023 so we can know what God's will is for our life today. That's all I'm after. I can't make you do it. I'm not going to even try to make you do it. You know why? Because I'm going to sleep good. You can ask my wife. I sleep good at night. She says I snore. I don't believe I do, but she says I do. But I sleep good at night. Because I love all of y'all, but I'm not going to lose sleep over anybody. And why should I? Because the Bible says, cast all your cares on him, for he careth for you. So, Kenny, if I'm casting over on the Lord, why am I standing up worried? Even with your adult children. And I know you love your children, but pray for them. And turn them over to Jesus. Stop standing up worrying. Stop tomorrow. I'm going to drive over this. No, stay at home. Pray for them and that God will touch their hearts, okay? So, so watch. So inner vows make us a little crazy and unteachable. So how, how do we break those inner vows? I got to stop on this one, okay? Number one, ask God to show them to you first. Ask God to show you the inner vows that you've made, things that are preventing you from being biblical in your walk with God. And then after God showed you to him, repent for taking that area away from God. Because when you make an inner vow, it caused you to resist God's word in that area. And basically you, you said, I got this, God. 
So repent for taking that area away from God. Number three, forgive anyone who harmed you and caused you to make the vow. Let's read that out loud. It says what? Forgive anyone who harmed you and caused you to make that vow. Amen? You know it better than I do. You know who that person was. All right, so forgive them. The Bible says we have to forgive. I don't know what else to tell you. Because when you don't forgive, it's like what somebody said one time, it's like drinking poison and thinking it's going to hurt the other person. It's killing you. I promise you, you'll be free. Forgive anyone who harmed you and took the vow. And number four, bring the issue to Jesus so that he can teach you. I'm part of your, 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 your teaching assignment. I'm part, you know, as your pastor, uh, God, God assigned me to teach you these things. To show you the word of God so that you can identify these things and be healthy spiritually and emotionally. Okay? Um, God loves you. And my time is up for the day, but I need you to hear this real carefully. I don't care who you are, what you've done, what situation you've been in. God desires an intimate relationship with you. Don't listen to the devil when he tells you, you're no good. You can't do this. You can't do that. Uh, God can't. Yes, he can. God wants to use you to advance his kingdom agenda. God wants to use you to reach others and to show his love to them. But it's hard to do that when we're all discombobulated, when we're all tied up and messed up with, with, these, uh, with these iniquities and these inner vows that we made that causes us not to be really healthy emotionally. But here's the good part about it. The God that I serve and the God that you say you serve can heal us from every wound of the past. He can heal us from every trauma that we've been through. He can set our minds straight, our hearts right, and position us to be used by him to advance his kingdom agenda. And so the parent-child relationship is critical in that, in, that, in that process, even when you have adult children, okay? I love you guys. I promise you I do. And I thank God for the assignment that he's given me to share with you. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you.